0: recording? We are recording. (laughs) All right. Welcome back. Thank you. It's been like 900 years.
1: It has. Or a month. Um, month. I think our last show was mid-April-ish.
0: Our last show was mid-April-ish, yes. (laughs) And it's funny because we've done one show in my gym on April. Yeah, whatever.
1: whatever. We're a monthly show. (laughs) Um, I basically traveled the entire month of May, so that was part of it. And anytime I was here, I've been doing various... Work and home improvement projects, so uh, I'm and, busy. And
0: home improvement was more important than coming and enjoying a beer with me. Yes, I
1: only see. because it was improving someone else's home. Mm. So, how was that going? Good. Good. So my partner Jen, she owns a house, right? And she's more inclined to doing outdoor improvement. And I am aesthetically, yeah, Yeah. so she really gets into sort of outdoor landscaping and fixing and tinkering outside. And I'm more, well, I I like that too, but I also, um, I don't know why. The need to
0: paint all the cabinets.
1: Exactly. So I'm more (laughs) of an aesthetic person and she doesn't really have that bone. And um, so I started a project about a week and a half ago and she helped with some of the hard labor so her house one of the hallways is sort of one of those long hallways with two bedrooms on one side a bedroom and then a bathroom Mm -hmm. and the previous owners had this like fluorescent white paint all over the place and all the fluorescent white well just like the brightest high gloss white you've ever seen in it. So uh, it was just like really so white. Like, Get me some
2: crayons. Yeah. It's time to draw.
1: And it was <laughs> chipping and painting. Our paint was you Peeling. know falling off. And so that combined with the fact that we bought new doors because the doors were really old, like mm-hmm. sort of dark wood. And it just 1970s. made... 1970s. Yeah, it made the hallway look really dark. So we bought new doors, painted those, repainted all the moldings and trim white but a more reasonable white, and then repainted the walls. So that was my first project, which I just completed. And then we'll move on to the next room. And I think probably by the end of the summer, early fall, I will have painted most of the indoors of the house. Nice. I like painting. Well, those are good projects. It's a sort of zoning out, painting, paying attention to detail, using my hands. I like that sort of stuff. So when I wasn't traveling over the last month, I was doing that. But I I went lots of fun places.
0: Very cool. Where all did you go? Because I went nowhere in the last month. No? No.
1: Wow. Well, usually you're the one that travels more. But um, now that I'm done with the campaign and the legislative session, I've traveled a bunch. So I think our last podcast either was right before or right after I got back from Seattle. Um, I was in Seattle for a few days.
0: I don't know. Because what's funny is I just listened to the podcast that was right as you got back from Miami. Hmm. And I was all pissed off again that you were in Miami. And that's because we've had such shitty weather that I'm like, ugh, I want to go to a beach. (laughs) Right?
1: Now, that was a while ago. But (laughs) I went to Seattle, and then I was – I literally – my trips have been so back-to-back that the break in between each trip was two or three days. So I went to Seattle, came home for a few days, um, went to Salt Lake City, came home for a day, went up to the Flathead, came home for a day, went to New Orleans, and then Denver for kind of an extended – I think I was on the road for about eight or nine days, and then came home for a week, and then went to Austin, Texas, and came home, and now I've been home since then, doing home improvement. Nice. That's not a bad thing to be doing. It was lots of fun travel. Some of it was work, some of it was for personal fun, and I'd never been to Austin, Texas, so that was... Speaking of, did you run into Alexandra? I didn't, because she had just moved to Chicago. Ah.
0: Okay, yeah. that—that's what I was wondering because I sort of saw that on Facebook, and I'm like, wait a minute, did, oh,
1: yeah, she was in Chips Austin in for night. a couple months, and then I don't know why she moved to Chicago, but she did. So no, I didn't know um, anybody there really, uh, but I had a great time, ate lots of good food, and Austin's stayed right a down. City. Yeah, so it was nice. Uh, the only downside was that the tornado was, you know, a few hundred miles away—the big one that hit Oklahoma. And so most of the time I was there, we were under Tornado Watch and it was really windy and raining and um, not the most ideal weather, but still great. Cool. Yeah. So that was basically my month. That's why you haven't
0: seen me. Cool. So, and I guess my question is, since you've been traveling and had a little distance from everything, what's your overall thought on the ledge? Just quickly. I don't want to go too deep into it, but do you think it was better um, than we thought, worse than we thought? Silence. Uh... (laughs) Well, it's
1: interesting because I listened to your podcast with uh, the Schwad Mm -hmm. um, on one of my... Because I've also done a bunch of in-state road trips, like drove to Missoula, drove to Bozeman. So I've had some time alone in the car. And so I listened to our podcasts. Nice. And um, I think that there was many things about the session that were very disappointing. Um, One of which was this sort of attitude in the house about like don't rock the boat so as much as the democrats and republicans in the house are like oh we survived the session and everybody loves each other and it's awesome i mean obviously some of that is remarkable but some of it was uh the cost of which was good policy didn't get passed because people were sort of more concerned about maintaining um this sort of kumbaya as opposed to really getting dirty about passing good policies. So, um, obviously the biggest disappointment I think is Medicaid expansion. Um, you know, I was personally invested in that because I know so many people who are uninsured who would have benefited from it. And it's just sickening to think that because of politics, we couldn't get our act together and figure out how to get it done.
0: Oh, it's because we have a bunch of jerks, but they're about to have, and it's funny because I was talking to my mom, I was like, what do you think the convention is going to be like? Because of course she's still a good Republican. When is so that? She's going, I guess it's next week. Oh, wow. Um, or is it this week? And it's in Bozeman. It is this week. Because she and I are both going to be down there, but for different reasons. I'm going to be in Bozeman because it's the high school rodeo, so I'm going to be taking photos. <laughs> and she's going to be over dealing with idiots on cattle. Um, <laughs> I'll be with the high school rodeo association. Right. Uh, she'll be dealing with morons. Um, trying to herd cats. I think I'm going to have the better time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, especially with the rift in the Republican Party, which, which Marne Banks just did a
0: great special about. But and and her special was awesome. But the big thing is, is that I think that rift has gotten bigger since the session ended.
1: Yeah, because everybody went home and you know talked about it
0: and got busy. Right. And, and... and the people that you know elected um, the the crossover coalition is what they mm-hmm. were ended up being dubbed. But I like to call them the. Uh, Republicans that have brains. They called themselves responsible Republicans. Right. Um, As opposed to the Wittich and Priest kind, which we would call the soulless bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the, The Republican Party is experiencing the schism on a level that I don't think they imagined possible. And it's really going to hurt them. There's almost no way I can see that they will recover from this.
1: Yeah, so there's this big rift that was sort of exacerbated by the legislative session and everything that happened, and then you have all of these people reacting to the legislative session. So you have reasonable conservative Republicans who are like, these ultra conservative Republicans are ridiculous. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're saying we don't identify with these sort of policies and many of them care about things like Medicaid expansion and other things. So it's sort of the fallout of the legislature is also exacerbating that. Then you see things like young Republicans coming out and saying, Hey, we don't adhere to this ultra conservative Viewpoint, We're more in line with this more sort of responsible Republican. So I would love to be a fly on the wall at the Republican convention.
0: I don't want to be anywhere near it and I'm going to be in the same town.
1: (laughs) See, I totally would like go under disguise and go watch. Because during the session, like any anytime the Republicans caucused, I totally went. Because I have a fascination with Republicans. Like I had to work with a lot of them this session. And I also just find their dynamics fascinating. Because there is such a strong energy there and Democrats are always so boring, you know, <laughs> but the Republican convention would be like super, I would have to like morph into some other character because I would be readily identified, but I think it would be super fun to watch.
0: See, and I don't think it's so fun to watch because I've been around it so long that I understand exactly how the crazy is going to go. And I'm just like, ah, I've seen it. Yeah. I don't need to be. American
1: well, I really or. hope those, um, you know, more reasonable cons- uh, Republicans will make a show and sort of stand up against this ridiculous conservative um, movement that's happening. Although the f- the money is with Priest and Wittick and those guys, so well, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, what Yeah, and that's
0: the interesting thing because the the, the dark. Okay, so <laughs> first there was Marnay's thing, but then there's also the dark money group mm-hmm. that, or the anti-dark money group, I should say, that's putting together their proposal to stop things like American Traditions Partnership or another mm-hmm. toilet paper. Uh, that's what we're going to call them. Now. Right. Um, the to stop them from having the influence that they've had over uh, elections, the whole um, donation to a political entity and not having to tell people where you're getting your money is ridiculous.
1: And none of those campaign finance bills
0: passed the session. None right. Of and ridiculous. that's because of Wittich and Priest, and mm-hmm. you know. And there's there's some other things that I I've you know I've, since the session has been over, I've been able to widen my view from the issues that I you know felt had to have my focus this time, which was, you know, equality issues for the most part. Um, one of the issues that I missed that I'm kind of surprised about is um, the push that was uh, put through trying to close the state mental health hospitals mm-hmm. and um, and specifically how that was going and what exactly was happening there. And it's another one of those instances where you have a clear conflict of interest and nobody's saying anything. Mm. And it's making me crazy. <laughs> Like, crazier. Mm -hmm. So, so, I don't know. You know, we get farther away from it. And I've had, obviously, I had the discussion with Schwad. I had the discussion with Bryce Bennett as well.
1: I haven't listened to that one yet.
0: And um, there were a lot of good things that happened in the session. There just weren't enough.
1: Yeah, and so that's my reflection, which is that I was really, really disappointed in both Democrats and Republicans and the administration about the failure to... Um, meaningfully address some budget issues and deal with Medicaid expansion. So the fact that we don't have any real investment going into Eastern Montana after a session that had so much evidence about why we need additional resources out there, Mm -hmm. you know, the governor ended up having to veto a funding bill that basically was going to fund across the board, different things in Eastern Montana. And he vetoed it because the whole budget was over, you know, so we didn't address the need to sort of balance that situation we didn't address Medicaid expansion which I just it makes me sick to my stomach to think about all the people that could be getting healthcare that won't you know but then you couple that with the fact that we had like the biggest gay rights session we've ever had since I've been around and I can't help but like still feel amazing about that you know I still as I go out into the field and I was at a meeting in Missoula last week where I was talking to domestic violence advocates and to be able to say that we passed this law change that now, um, you know, same sex couples are covered under our assault statutes. I just, that won't get old anytime soon, you know, being able to talk about the importance of that and, you know, obviously SB 107 and all of that. I just feel like there were, we had a really successful agenda, like everything that we tried except for like two things passed. And so for the first time in terms of my organization, we're having to put together a final legislative report that talks about all the things that we did and that we accomplished and what they'll mean for implementation. And usually we spend our whole legislative report sort of being snarky about all the things that went wrong, you know. <laughs> I was saying that to a group of people the other day. I was like, "Well, this report's going to be much more detailed cuz usually we just going to be snarky, you know. Yeah. Like we yeah. either beat you or you beat us." And this time we actually accomplished some things so overall from my perspective like it was a good session because we were successful we were only successful at getting those things done because we had reasonable republicans who worked with us
0: right so we need some more of
1: those yes so but i'm glad it's over i think um traveling after the legislative session you know usually my habit is to go to a beach so right but 2009 to 2011 i went um to the Caribbean both times for like a
0: week. This time I did not. I would like to point out both (laughs) times she went uh, mysteriously after she was there, the room was all gone.
1: Right. Exactly. So, you know, I'm glad I still traveled because it helps you get perspective and you sort of just get your head out of the game really quickly. I wish it would have been on a beach, but I'll, you know, take traveling to various cities as a substitute. But I feel like the session is definitely done and closed and over and I'm moving on into real world
0: into the real world oh so you're joining a cast on mtv exactly
1: (laughs) so i'm you know already in the mode of like what's happening i think the other thing that happens is that you sort of put everything else on hold for four months oh you do work life you know we're moving our offices we've been in the same office building for about probably 15 years and we're moving downtown, um, in July. So that's sort of a big undertaking. So I have plenty of other things to keep me busy, but I think the thing that's still, um, when I sit and think about it, the fact that we didn't do Medicaid expansion is just gross. Gross. But everything else, I'm sort of. Well, what's interesting about
0: that? Now, I I have a problem with the fact that we didn't do Medicaid expansion as well, just because the numbers aren't. And this is one of those things where, you know, the Republicans, you know, you're supposed to be good at math and understand how this works, and you people fucked it up. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other side of it is uh, the new health exchange has launched its website, and Mm -hmm. they've got a calculator on there showing you what your um, cost would be for healthcare through the health exchange, Mm -hmm. which I thought was pretty interesting because I had gotten quotes. Cause I don't have insurance. Mm-hmm. No, it's not the best situation to be in, but that's, you know, just reality. I'm a small right. business owner. And when I got a quote, the last quote I got for insurance, it was $1,800 a month. Right. I'm like, that's more than a car and a house.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that, you know, and I've never spent any time in a hospital. i <coughs> had a broken bone. I'm never sick. Right. There's absolutely no call for this. And yet that's exactly what I was dealing with. And, then and I yet would,
1: if something happened to you, you'd be bankrupt. You know, well, like, but I'd that's be bankrupt
0: thing. even with the insurance. That's right. the thing. Exactly. You know, I mean, so it's, it's a lose-lose like, lose decision. Well, but it's one of those, okay, well, and I look at it this way. It's like, I'm going to be bankrupt either way if something major happens. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the way our health system is right now. Everybody goes through that. Right. But if something major happens and I've been paying $1,800 a month and I still end up bankrupt, I'm also <laughs> going to be pissed. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, there's that, but I was looking at the health exchange, Um, Which they put a website up. I'd put a link in the show notes, but I never do show notes for our show. (laughs) Whatever. Um, But you can look. You can find it. Google Health Exchange, right? Montana Health Exchange, and it'll come right up. And uh, they've got a calculator in there that you can put in what you made last year, how big your family is, and what your insurance rates would be. Mine, 184 a month.
1: Well, see, that's the thing about the exchange. But the exchange. It it still covers a gap of people. It covers people who don't have insurance, who are buying insurance on the open market. It is based on your income, and there's all these subsidies from the federal government so that insurance companies actually will do this. The problem is that there's still this gap between people who are um, can afford even that and who can't afford anything. And so that's right. what Medicaid expansion would part of the. And the, the Medicaid interest.
0: expansion, I think, I think what'll be interesting though is to see what the what the numbers gap is between the number of people who can afford it with this. I mean, one of the things that I fall into the category of cannot afford health insurance is because at the rates that it's at right now. It's ridiculous. Right. But with the exchange rates coming in, it's low enough that I can do it. Right. You know, and I'd be, I'd be happy to
1: plenty of people who can, but there'll be some that can't. And then you have this thing where then you're supposed to be dinged and get a tax penalty, you know, and all this other stuff. So right. it's just sort and of, so hopefully the if you're Medicaid, in that window, then you're Hopefully screwed. that window goes away. But it'll
0: right. be interesting to see where that window is after everything is in place. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I found very interesting was the ACA has gone into effect already in California, and their rates are anywhere from 40 to 70% lower than what they were before. So it's doing what it was supposed to do, which is mm-hmm. reduce the rates and get everybody covered.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder, and I'm not sure about this, but I wonder what impact it will have on businesses. So like as a small business um, person as well. We have a staff of five right now. We're spending about $600 per employee per month. So, you know, even though we have an established health insurance, will our rates go down? Could we go on the exchange? You know, that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know how that works. Yeah, yet. Some of
0: that's in there on the site about how you would get onto the exchange and, and use it. Cause it, it, there's a link for small business owners and I was reading through it. Cause of course that's me as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean it's just one of those things where it's not really lined out very well, but it is interesting. It looks like what they do is the small business owners they ask you to, you know, pay your people well so that they can afford the insurance that's on here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, but this is a better place for them to get it. And I think, you know, quite frankly, I always thought it was interesting that the state pays so much for their insurance because that's a ridiculous amount of money that gets paid for each employee of the state. Whoever did that negotiation was blind. <laughs> but you know, that being said, why isn't the state in that same pool? Because if we put all those people in there, the, the rates are going to go lower. You know.
1: Yeah. Well.
0: Buying power. We're
1: not health insurance experts, but certainly was a disappointment. Yes. Especially when you look at all the other conservative Republican states that did it because they got their act together and. Did Arizona. Something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: When Jen Brewer flipped off Arkansas, the president. Still Arkansas.
2: Arkansas. Come on.
1: So anyways, <sighs> Yes. Happy. so what else joy. has been going on with you since we saw each other last?
0: Um, rehearsal for the play next fall.
1: Why are you already rehearsing?
0: Because the play is called next fall. It opens on June 13th. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's why. And that's when the funniest thing, like this is the most unfortunate name. So but...
1: I thought you were only in a play next fall.
0: No, I'm in a play called next fall. But that happens. We run June thirteenth through the twenty second, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And
1: North is this weeks. the role that you really, really wanted? And
0: no, but it's a play I really, really think is important. Really, okay. really, 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 really think is important. It's it's a social commentary play. You'll you'll definitely want to come see it. Uh-huh. But the the basic premise is there's a gay couple, one of whom is religious and not out to his parents. He gets in an accident, and then it's the interaction between his parents and uh, his husband basically mm-hmm. in the hospital you know and and his is husband has singing? to deal. no there's okay. no singing <laughs> there is no sing well there's a moment of singing but it's not like it's it's not me it's not um, a musical no it's not a musical at all um and it's at grand street and it's at the, yeah it's at the grand street studio so it's on the fuller oh got entrance, it entrance the little room so you That's know 40 do, seats smaller. and it'll be sold out all uh-huh. the time but um who else is in the show? Um, Jeff Downing, the artistic director, as the lead. Adam and D. Smith the third is Luke, who's the guy in the coma. Um, Pam Ponich uh, Hunthausen is uh, Luke's mom. Uh, Terry, I can't remember Terry's last name. Uh, plays Luke's dad. Um, Abby Nyhoff is in it as Luke's or as Adam's best friend uh, Holly, and I'm in it as Luke's ex best friend Brandon that's the cast Hmm. really tiny. So, um, but the interesting thing, the interesting thing is that, you know, it's a discussion of religion and societal changes and all these things that are happening that, you know, are very poignant right now, especially Mm -hmm. for us. And, um, my character is really almost the antithesis of me. Like other than being gay and kind of liking black men, (laughs) um, we have nothing in common at all. Um, So he's He's, gay though. He's gay. He's very religious. Would never be in a relationship because he doesn't believe that the relationships are valid. Um, Yeah, he's one of those.
1: He's confused.
0: No, he's he's not confused. That's the thing. He has a very strong set of beliefs and they define his actions in perfectly logical ways once you know those beliefs. They're not something you or I would ever choose. Mm -hmm. And crawling in his head every night for rehearsal... He's really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's not a comfortable person to play. And um, in college, when I was on a play, I was on a play um, called Mother Courage and Her Children, which was by Bertolt Brackett. And uh, that is a musical. Nothing you would ever hum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played a character called The Cook, but he was actually one of the leads. And he was an asshole. Uh, absolutely a horrible person. And in college, I didn't have the the... Acting chops and the capability of stepping into the role and then stepping out of the role. Um,
1: and so I you st- became an asshole,
0: right? So for the two weeks of the production, <laughs> holy god, I was an asshole. The minute the last show was over, I was done. I stepped out of the characters. I, I kicked off that shell mm-hmm. and went and drank two bottles of wine and puked on my floor. But, <laughs> 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 but but it was it was literally one of those things where I had no way to. Separate myself from becoming that character because once you adopted his personality traits, it wasn't easy to take them off and put mm-hmm. them back on, and so it was much easier to just stay in them. Now I'm a little bit better at that. It's fairly easy to step into him and to step out, but it's still not a comfortable place to be when you're this other character and the you that is you in the back of your mind is going, Ugh, mm-hmm. I don't like this, and so it's interesting. Um, but it is—it's an interesting character because it's one of these characters that we see over and over again. You know, these closeted gay men who. Um, are religious zealots. Mm-hmm. And they're hoping to be saved from something that they shouldn't fear. And it's it's insane. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really interesting. It's going to be a great play. It's not going to be when a does fun it, play. When does it run? Uh, June 13th, 14th, 15th, and 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Okay. Here. For those of you who are hearing noises in the background, we're actually rehearsing. Uh, <laughs> re- rehearsing. We're recording in a new place. It's actually called The Shop. Helena, which is um, downtown on the Gulch, right underneath the Starbucks on the Gulch. And what it is, is it's the new co-working space that just opened up. So if any of you people out there are freelancers <laughs> or just want to have a separate office from your home office and are looking for a place, if you go to theshophelena.com, you can check it out see it. It's actually very reasonably priced. It's a beautiful space. Dark right now because I turned off the fluorescence.
1: It's too bad don't they really don't have on. like a little pulley system where I could order a Starbucks right now, though. Because I'm pretty sure that's who is above us. <laughs>
0: uh, I know, but wouldn't that be delightful? Exactly. Like, uh, Venting, please. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you get a chance, if you're looking for a co-working space, if you just want to have a place where you can go, it is the fastest internet in town. It's kind of delightful.
1: Wow. And it used to be an auto body shop. So yes. there's so that. So it's,
0: it's got a lot of uh, interesting looks to it. <laughs> so anyway, not that they're sponsoring the show, but it is a new place to record. After a
1: moment from our sponsors, here's Kevin. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Welcome back to the show.
1: (laughs) So, Um, but was there not a play that you wanted to be in that's in the fall that you were like, I really want to do this? So there's two plays
0: in the fall that I really want to be in, but they're both at the same time. So I have to pick one. Okay. Unless I audition for the first one, don't get it. Then I audition for the second one and then don't get it. And then I'll just be pissed off. What are those? Christmas. Um, One is Cabaret. Okay. Which everyone's heard of. Classic. You know, they've all seen the movie. Or at least seen parts of the movie. What's really funny is I've never actually sat through the whole the movie all in one sitting
2: because
0: hmm. I've seen all the parts so many times that I could assemble it in my head on my own. Right, not a big deal. Um, the other one is Spamalot. So Cabaret is happening at uh, Grand Street, and Spamalot is happening at the Marnallon.
1: What is Spamalot?
0: Um, so you heard of this uh, little troupe called uh, Monty Python? They uh, wrote a musical called Spamalot, and it's a retelling of the Camelot myth from their unique perspective, and it's hysterical. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, it's just—it's one of those musicals that's—it's relatively new, but it's hysterically funny. It was a great hit on Broadway, and it's just going to be fun to see, Mm -hmm. even if I'm not in it. So when do you try out for those? Auditions for Cabaret are, are late August, and the auditions for SpamLot, I believe, are early September, but they haven't posted them yet, so I don't know for sure.
2: Mm.
0: So it's, they're one right after the other. <laughs> so yeah, that's the fall.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Not the fall.
0: Not next fall. The fall. <laughs> <laughs> next fall. <laughs> Why plen- is it called next it. fall? Um, because it happens. Uh, so there's a bunch of scenes that take place, obviously, in the hospital. And that's this fall. Mm -hmm. And then there are scenes five years before, four years before, three years before, one year before, or two years before, one year before, all in the same time of year. So it's all these things that happen next fall Mm. that are talked about. So Hmm. that's why. Because he wanted to pay, I think the playwright wanted to pick a name that would cause people angst. (laughs) What are you going to see next fall? Yes, I know when.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Want to see next fall, next fall.
0: Exactly. So
1: so I also see that you've been hiking the mountain.
0: I have. I've only made it up four times, which is really kind of crappy on the whole goal to try to do this 90 times by the end of summer. <laughs> um, but I would also like to point out that it has been raining every freaking day, mm-hmm. but four days. Right. So <laughs> I'm like, eh, I'm kind of justified. I did do the power line this last week. How was that? That was hell. By that yourself? Was, I did it by myself, and part of the reason that I did it by myself is because I don't like making anybody else wait for me Mm -hmm. when I'm going up the mountain, and I always feel bad, because I go up the 1906, and I'm down to the point where I think, last time I did it, I think I stopped three times for a little Mm -hmm. break, you know, a little two minutes, catch a breather, stretch my legs a little bit, no big deal, Mm -hmm. and then continue on, which those I don't have a problem with making anybody wait for me. on. I'm like, you know, fuck you, we've got a good view. Right. 1906 trail. That's beautiful. Powerline trail. It goes straight up the front of the freaking mountain. Mm -hmm. And it's like doing lunges up the mountain. Mm -hmm. And so it's walk 10 steps, turn around, breathe really heavily, sit down for a couple minutes, lather, rinse, repeat the whole way up the (laughs) the mountain. And what's really funny is that. That's why
1: most people don't go that
0: way, Kevin. Right. But, you know, I figured I'd better go that way so I can at least say I've done it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, I will get into that in a minute. But the other thing about the trail is. When you do the 1906, it's 108 flights of steps, according to my Fitbit. And the Fitbit, it always says it's 108 flights of steps. So it's consistent, even if it's not you know, what you consider a flight of steps. It's always 108 of what it considers a flight of steps. So great. The powerline trail is 113 or 130 flights of steps. So because huh. you go up one part and then come back down and then go up again to get mm-hmm. to the peak of the mountain. And so, like, so it was one, it was harder. Two, it was more steps up. I was like, ugh, kill me now. <laughs> and um turns out, so it takes me about when I hiked the mountain, it takes me about an hour and a half to two hours to do everything on the nineteen oh six to so go up and go down. And yeah, it's about an hour and fifteen up, forty-five down. So two hours. Um, it was about an hour and thirty-five up the power line. And half as many steps. More more flights, but half as many, you know, forward steps. Uh-huh. So I was like, ugh. So, and it, you know, not too bad. And it How, only added where, about 30 minutes. Which way did you minutes. go down? I went down the 1906. I didn't want to come down the power line because I don't trust that it would, I wouldn't hurt my knees or slip and fall and kill myself.
1: Yeah, it's, I've come down that way and I don't like it. It's yeah. way too steep. You sort of feel your toes shoving through your shoes the whole time.
0: Yeah, know. no, I'll just go down the 1906. That's fine. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting because now that I've done it, I'm like, okay, I'll have to do it a couple more times. <laughs> But I think it'll be once a month sort of thing. <laughs> kind of like our show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How does it feel to be doing it again?
0: The mountain or the show? The mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And I never, you know, I'm not a hiker. I'm not an athlete. I don't, you know, I for all that I work with athletics, I really am not into it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice. It's a It's a nice goal that you set for yourself. It's a nice challenge to win. And there's always something new. And I don't think it's ever going to be easy. And even the people of the friends of mine that are like, no, I run up the mountain. I'm like, okay, one, I don't run, ever. <laughs> you know, but you know, they're like, yeah, no, it's always a challenge because you know, I run up the mountain, and it's still a challenge to do it. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're running. Running down the mountain would be a challenge. Running with gravity on your side is. Why a
1: challenge. do people run up the mountain?
0: Well, you know that's the challenge that they look for, and I don't right. think that anybody would look at that mountain and go, "Oh, well, that's nothing." I mean, even the people that are, you know, rock climbing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: whatever, you know, they're still going to go up that mountain. Even if they went up the power line, they'd be like, "Yeah, this is—it's a bit of a mountain." Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's going to remain a challenge for a while. It's good. So I kind of like that.
1: Otherwise, it would get boring.
0: Yes, it doesn't ever get boring, and plus, it's a chance to listen to some podcasts. Quite frankly, you know, put a podcast on, wander up the mountain, right. Get pissed at the podcast, yell off the mountain, <laughs> water back down. See pretty views. Take a bunch of pictures, document the fact that I was actually there.
1: <laughs> is there ever a time you've hiked the mountain where you didn't take a
0: picture? No, because I always want proof because I don't believe it myself. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine was like, I think you're recycling pictures from before. I'm like, nope, I can show you the EXIF data. <laughs> <laughs> the picture is new.
1: Well, it's nice that spring is here and you can get outside again because... You know, winter's so long here sometimes. Yeah,
0: winter feels like it's still here. It was, what, 30 degrees this morning? It was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, well, we always have a rainy June,
0: so. Do we? I don't remember this. We I do. guess I completely... Complete we always have year. a
1: rainy, snowy Memorial Day. Whenever people are surprised, I get so pissed, because I don't know how many times it snowed on Memorial Day, and people are always like, eh, but we have to go camping. And I'm like, it's going to be cold. And then June is always sort of semi-rainy, but we need the rain, even though I hate saying that. I hate it when people say that to me. But we do, because we were going to have a really bad fire season. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, you know, having an arsonist set off eight of them before
1: Yeah, really I'd love to have everybody's like, like, we already have a terrible fire season. I'm like, that's because some jerk keeps
0: setting fires. I know, but if it's that easy to set eight fires, that's not a good sign.
1: Right, exactly. But... It doesn't mean that we had, you know, that many fires start naturally. So, no, we but we will we, still have a fire season. We've had
0: four. And the other thing about having a scary is what as it has been when we've had a lot of floods, which that's interesting. Because um, everybody's like, we're not going to have enough water. Our lakes aren't going to rise. Our lakes are overflowing. Our lakes are overflowing. <laughs> <Right. laughs> you know, Haver's flooding. Big surprise. Exactly. Um, so people are worried about that. And then the other part of it is that because it's been raining fairly consistently and hasn't been complete flood rains everywhere. So everything's getting a little bit of sunshine and a lot of water. So everything in the state is green. Really I mean, it's green. like literally if you were high on mushrooms and looked out, it, it would look exactly the same way it looks right now because it's just green.
1: It is. I drove to Bozeman the other day. I was like, this is so green. It was so pretty. And well, i like,
0: and then it goes away. And then Mount Helena is green too. Yeah. And you know, normally it's brown with right. green trees. Yeah. Well, the scary thing about that is that all of this grass has been growing, and it's fairly thick, and it's going to dry out in July, and it's going to burn in August. It's going
1: to burn. Yeah. Ah,
0: like, oh, this will be fun. It's just cyclical. But yeah, it always cracks me up when
1: people are surprised um, by the weather. Because this is Montana. That's what it does in June. Ah. Uh. Yeah.
0: Hmm. So I never remember this, apparently. I know. Like, I remember that, you know, two weeks before Halloween, we get a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. That always happens. <laughs> and then Halloween rolls around. You never know if it's going to be a snowsuit under Freezing. the costume or yeah. Indian summer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and 70 degrees. Welcome to Montana, mm-hmm. where the weather drinks as much as the population. <laughs> so are you going to Pride? Interesting question. It is an interesting question, because it opens the weekend my play opens.
1: Well, so... Pride is interesting this year. So you know that the people that organized the Pride and Bozeman in Bozeman the last two years are doing their own thing called Interchange. I think yes. it's called Interchange. Yes, so we'll talk exchange, about that in a minute. So that is the next Unless weekend. I just want to talk about them now. Well, it's part of my thing. So I feel bad because I was pretty bothered when I heard that, you know, this group of Bozeman people were so pissed that the Pride committee didn't want to keep Pride in Bozeman, so the historical thing is that every two years it rotates. Right. So it's been in Missoula, Billings, Kalispell, Helena. Bozeman for the last two years, and now it's going to Butte. Right, and the it's Pride Committee—it's—it's—it's. It's, it's, there's history there. This is what right. they do. And Bozeman approached the Pride Committee and said, "We did such a great job the last two years. We think we should st- keep it here and have it be an annual event." And the Pride Committee said, "Eh,
0: no." Well, let's talk about what they actually did for a good job. Their first year was great. Their second year, they lost thousands of dollars. Really? Yes. Hmm. So you know, well, they put on a they, good show. Yeah. Well. Put on an okay show. I don't need two knights of the same drag queens, right. and I certainly don't need out of state drag queens. Yeah, followed by in state drag queens. Yeah, no offense to the in state drag queens, but you're not
1: that good, right. So, anyways, I mean, obviously, in terms of production value, the last two years have been a much bigger deal than any of the Prides before. Like, we have one drag show, we have a dance, we have a parade, we have a thing in the park, but that's been it. But the last two years at Bozeman, they sort of tried to go over the top, and there's all these personalities behind the scenes that are driving that. And the Pride committee was like, we appreciate the big show you put on, but the reality is that Pride serves a different purpose in Montana. Part of what Pride serves is opening minds and making a difference in communities so when we had pride in Kalispell for two years it made a huge impact massive yeah and the people in Kalispell were like oh my god it's okay to be gay up here for a little bit you know and the reaction that we had and the sort of controversy and the walking down the street in Kalispell with protesters all of that was really important you know and there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for moving it around, letting new communities take responsibility so it doesn't sort of become all owned by one town, whatever.
0: Right. So Because it is Montana Pride. It's not Bozeman's right. Pride or Missoula's Pride. Or
1: so there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. But basically what happened is that Pride decided to keep it moving. It's in Butte. It's um, you know the weekend of the 14th. And then Bozeman sort of decided we're doing our thing and they're doing their interchange thing the next weekend. Mm -hmm. What I've seen is that um, the regular Pride is really struggling. They're struggling to um, make enough money to be able to put on similar type events that they've done in the past. People seem to be confused and going in different directions. So everybody who's sort of like on the inside circle that knows the politics of it all understands the difference. But there's this huge part of the gay community that doesn't understand what the difference is. Am I going to Pride? Am I going to this interchange thing? Whatever. Right. So hopefully a lot of people will still go to Pride. And I absolutely wanted to go to Butte and be a part of Pride and, and sort of contribute in that way. And I love Pride. I go every year. This will be the first year... I'm not going, but, but for me, why aren't you going? <laughs> well, for me personally, what happened is that, um, my grandfather, uh, is getting old and I don't know how much longer he's going to be around. And he has basically summoned me to the flathead for father's day. So the oh. fact that pride happens at the same time as, um, father's day is difficult. And in years past, I just sort of didn't make a big deal about it. Cause I don't have a great relationship with my father, but my dad, um, his dad, Father, my grandfather, my grandma died about a year and a half ago, and he's sort of been really sick, and he has summoned us,
0: basically. He got out the cauldron. He did the, the, like,
1: he called me several times, and he doesn't even talk on the phone. My sister's coming in from Seattle, whatever. So, actually, Jen and I are going to go and stay in Missoula for the weekend and spend some time up in Ronan. So, I thought about driving up to Butte just for Friday night, but it's just not going to work. Um, You know, something might change and we might decide to go to Butte Friday and then head up to the Flathead. But at this point, most of the people I know weren't going on Friday. They were waiting till Saturday. And so it just wasn't working. So as it stands now, I'm not going to Pride, which is sad because I've been every year. But I also feel like, you know,
0: sometimes you have to take a year off and
1: do something else that's important too. Right. Well,
0: last year was the first time that I went to Pride. Right. And I was like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot. You know, having been at Pride in Portland and Seattle and San Francisco and Phoenix and Boston and New York and London Mm -hmm. uh, and Houston, where else? Dallas, Uh, Austin.
1: (laughs) Whatever, clearly you get around when it comes to Pride.
0: So, um, well, it's just, you know, I've lived near or in those cities. And you know, pride is generally spread out if it's a nearby metropolitan area, so that you can get to both of them. Right. Like I went to Houston, followed. Or I actually did I go Houston, Austin, Dallas, or Dallas, Houston, Austin? Anyway, I don't remember. There was a lot of drinking. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, having been to those major events, and they mm-hmm. are major events. I mean, New York's pride is fantastic. London's pride, wet and fantastic and um, you know our, our little pride it's important that we do it and I think it is important that we move it around to the different cities because hiding out in one city is exactly the same thing as us fleeing to San Francisco instead of continuing to live our lives in the towns right. that we choose in Montana and you know so I have I think it's a good idea to move it around but I think that the pride organization got uh, sort of sideswiped, and in two cases one I think they chose Butte without having a firm commitment in leadership to, to get some stuff done from somebody who'd actually organized an event like this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, event planners get paid a lot of money for a reason it's a lot of work. Right. And if you've never and done right something like this. And right now it's like, like
1: this, a volunteer group of people who don't really
2: know what they're doing.
0: Right. And that's, that's usually what the And that's the what first happened in year, Kalispell too. Well, but, that's what happened in Missoula too. Right. That's what happened in Helena. It's like the first year you do it, you don't know. The second year you get your feet underneath you, you got an idea. But what happened even more so with this is nobody that helped out in Bozeman continued on because they all broke off and decided to do this alternative event. Mm-hmm. And what drives me nuts about this alternative event is it's not just for the gays. No. And it's like, okay, so you've taken the energy out of pride, you've destroyed what we had going forward, which you guys created, so you're destroying it, and I mean, I guess more power to you, but you're the ones who are fucking it up. Right. And then
1: and they're so, they have so much bravado around it, I mean, if you meet the guy who's organizing it, and we know, you and I both know a bunch of people who are helping him with it, they're so, like they have these blinders up where it's like, well, we did this really great thing and we want to continue doing this really great thing. And it's all about us and all about this big show. And And as soon as you bring in these big rap acts and all this stuff. And it's like, but do you understand, like you said, the energy you're sucking from this other existing thing that now is going to struggle because you right. have and made we, this sort of that self-centered decision? We asked decision. you to
0: caretake and pass on, and you're right. now bitching because you're being forced. To and
1: if it anything, through. the guy who I won't say his name, but the guy who's organizing Interchange, who organized the last two prides, he was at this summit back in December, and he was basically like telling the group, like, gay people are stupid because we have this sort of limited view where we want to be insular and not interact with other people and have this sort of short-term view about what gay rights are. And he has this expansive, like it's about all of our rights and it's about associating with all different people. And, you know, I mean, I was very bothered because for one... Did you stand up and hit him with a bat? Well, I was in a one-on-one conversation with him about it afterwards because he had said this sort of thing in the large group and I said... I need to have a sit down with this guy. And I tried to work with him and talk to him about it. And, it, you know, whatever. But he wasn't getting it. Um, He was very, very defensive. And a lot of the people associated with interchange are very, very defensive about this. Um, But my point is that I was really offended by the inference that somehow I don't see that both things should coexist. I mean, come on. I live in the world. I want us as a gay community to be part of the world and not have to have our own spaces all the time and but and be not influenced to have our own spaces. Right, and as have and well. have it evolve so that we're dealing with whatever. Because the other vision they have for this interchange is right now it's about gay rights, but it could be about any rights. You know, like. It needs to evolve with the times. Okay, well, great. We but, call
0: that the Montana Human Rights Festival and right. psh, moving on. Exactly. We'll have so, Jamie Greer stand up there in a sweater vest <laughs> with a with a plaque. Exactly. We'll, we'll whack you onside the head with it.
1: And like you said, I mean basically what interchange is gonna be is just like all these people like jamming out to some good music or whatever. It's not gonna be about I mean, pride serves a very specific purpose. It is creating sort of an oasis in the state of Montana for two days a year where pride or I mean, f- where gay people from all over the state come together, mm-hmm. some of which we haven't seen since the last Pride, and we have an event and we have a series of events where we can sort of invite our allies, so to speak, but where we have a space that's ours. Right. And I hope that continues. Because I hope Because so this too. other thing can do their thing, but the fact that... So this guy basically insinuated that, like, those of us who want that sort of what Pride has been are somehow... Um, you know, behind the times and we need to evolve into this other way of being. And I'm just like, well, you know.
0: This is like those jerks that say, well, I don't understand. There's no such thing as straight pride. Yeah, there's also no such thing as White History Month because it's every fucking day, asshole.
1: Exactly. So I feel torn because... um I really want to go to Pride. I hope all the organizations continue to support it. I hope everybody continues to go. I personally just can't go this time, and now it feels like somehow I'm not supporting it, but it's absolutely important. I think one of the things that's an issue, though, is as this sort of momentum builds and these people sort of fade away who have money and resources, you're relying on these volunteer people in Butte who, like you said, have never organized an event. They're trying to pull all the different pieces together And it sort of has become cost prohibitive in some ways. So as an organization, we used to sponsor pride, right? Mm -hmm. And the sponsorship was like $300 and we could afford that. And we did an ad in the program and we did a table and we did all that stuff. They want like three times that amount for a basic sponsorship. And we're like, well, we want to contribute, but we can't sponsor that much. And it's because they're trying to live up to this expectation of what pride is supposed to be now that, bozeman did this big show you know pride in billings or kalispell or helena missoula was like we rented out a bar or we you know rented out a hotel room and had a dj and like had a party and a dance why right. does it have to be such a big deal other than that
0: well it doesn't like have you to... said
1: i can see Drake shows anytime i want
0: right and it's you know if you can put on something like that if you got the resources to do it more power to you but if you don't don't worry about it right you know make it you know montana pride let's have a parade Let's have something afterwards where we can all get together. Let's discuss about the things that we've done that have gone well. And but the it doesn't that need to be need a big show just because Bozeman no. did a big show, right? And Bozeman made it into this big theatrical event, but it cost them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, it cost them a ton of money, and
1: and oh, by the way, it wasn't perfect. Just so you know, and well, in Boseman, yeah,
0: exactly. Where exactly? You had some were good musical all, acts
1: and stuff, but well, come on.
0: Where were the tables at? I never found them. Exactly. I was there for two days. As somebody I who. Find them. who
1: had a table when when you go to the student union building and where they had the big drag shows at night Uh there was a room way back in the back where they had all the tables set up the only time the tables were open and anybody was in there was like for an hour before the show
0: see and they could have had them there was nothing else going on in the sub and i asked i specifically asked well there was workshops on saturdays well no i asked the coordinator i was like why couldn't these booths be out in front of the building they go they didn't ask yeah (laughs) (laughs) ah jerks
1: right Because the whole point was the big show in the room with the big stage. Right. Well, in the
0: big show and the big stage, those drive queens made money and the company that put that on made money, but Pride didn't. And so there was no money going into this next year.
1: Yeah. Well, and the guy that is doing Interchange was the one that made
0: the money. Oh, and now he's able to put on Interchange with a $60,000 budget. Hmm. Well, maybe there's something wrong with the way it was So
1: if somebody listens to this podcast and disagrees with us, they're welcome to comment yeah. and let us know if they think differently but yeah, honestly, or maybe come on the show. Yeah, I mean cuz we have people that we both know who live in Bozeman who have decided to work with the Interchange group and you know, they're the same people that used to be really supportive of pride. So explain and now to they're us. Not. Explain and what, to us how that works. Yeah,
0: it's it's one of those things where it's like and this is one of those issues that always has driven me nuts about the gay community. Periodically we eat our own. Totally. <sighs> Which is so? Like are you cool. going to Pride? Well, I'm going to go over for the parade because I've got to play that night, so I can't right. stay. Um, but the parade was supposed to be at 11 a.m., but I guess it's been moved to like two in the afternoon. I'm like ah, uh, pushing the edge because mm-hmm. I have to leave by four because I right. have to be back here by five. You know, so it's like, eh, do I drive over for just a two-hour parade? You know, do I go over after the show on Saturday night and? You know, because then it's like 11 o'clock and just going for the dance or whatever's going on right. in the bowling alley. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. Play it by ear. I know that we have a couple of things going up. And one of them is actually related to Pride, but it's not happening in June. It's happening in July on the 24th. Mm. We're
2: What's having that? Christmas in July. Who says?
0: So the same group that put on the former Felon's Ball, the original one in February, that actually made money for Pride, mm-hmm. um, we're putting on Christmas in July. Nice. So, and that'll be here Where's in Where's that going to be? and Helena at the Eagles again. Yeah. Another dance at the Eagles for the gays. Yay. Um, Basically, everything about the former Felon's Ball is going to be returning, except for that we'll have Christmas decorations instead of a rainbow. (laughs) So
1: we have to have some rainbows. Well, maybe. Can we have a
0: rainbow Christmas tree? Oh, absolutely. It'll be the gayest Christmas tree ever, covered in liquor and (laughs) glitter.
1: Well, if you need, um, Zach and I also had the gayest Christmas tree ever. It was like a little mini tree a couple years ago. And we, you know, like the thing that you put on the top of the tree, we Mm -hmm. have one that says diva. And it's purple, so I'd be willing to contribute that to the rainbow that Christmas tree. That would be tree. delightful.
0: Um, so yeah, so we're doing that. No, it's the, pink. And the reason that we're doing that is because uh, we figure that even if Pride is successful and actually breaks even or makes money, they could use some money for next year. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a fun get together in Helena, and it's a month later. Doing something once once a month for the game. Everybody needs in the something state. in the summer. Exactly, isn't a bad thing. Right. No, and it's a nice little okay. So it's on a Saturday. Come over to Helena, mm-hmm. you know, come out to the bar and drink and have a good time, stay at the hotels in town. Yeah. It'll be fun. We'll all go to Shelley's for breakfast.
1: <laughs> we'll start promoting it on Facebook because people need to
0: put it on their calendars. We will. Okay. So we're doing that. And the gay men in Helena rock. The other thing that we're doing that is has nothing to do with the gays, it has to do with cow tipping, we're going to do a fundraiser on July 10th. For Which is a Wednesday. We're doing it for the Florence Crittenden house, which is a good, good... Charity to mm-hmm. do stuff for.
1: So tell me how the last month or two of that show went. Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. Um, the the crew is brilliant. Everybody that's in the show is phenomenal. Even me. And um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's just, it's really, really good. And what's funny about it is, having been in improv troupes before and knowing how a show can go and how it can work and how it can fail and all those sorts of different things, It becomes really, really interesting to know that we did a 12-week run and we added in games. Like Literally, we'd rehearse them on Tuesday, put them in the show on Wednesday. We never once had a situation where it just fell off the rails and was horrible. Mm -hmm. We had a couple of situations where it wasn't going exactly right, but it was still funny. Mm -hmm. And then we have one game that there's no way to do it right. There's absolutely no way you can win at this game. It absolutely is all about the disaster and how big the disaster can be because the disaster is the funny part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's called uh shit charades.
2: What's but that? But basically
0: it's a combination of telephone and charades. You have to tell somebody a person, place, and thing. But you can only tell them in charades, and you only have a certain amount of time, and then you're dead, and then they have to tell the next person. <laughs> and so and the time gets shorter each time. Mm-hmm. So you start with like 2 minutes, you end up with like 30 seconds. So they got 10 seconds to get all three things. And uh, it's funny because we've gotten to the end and we've gotten to the point where we can get one of the three things pretty reliably. <laughs> the, the final game in the final show, we actually got two wow. of the three things, which I was pretty impressed. But we couldn't get the third one. And that was because the thing was Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so the thing was sort of a person. It was very bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, so
1: how did turnout go? Really good. so
0: well we had um we were getting consistently between 60 and 70 people every week um but then we were originally going to do a show the wednesday after memorial day Mm -hmm. but the room was booked and a couple of people in the troop weren't going to be able to do it and we're just like you know what no we're just going to end it it's 12 weeks that's fine so we're just ending it so what was supposed to be our penultimate show was actually our last show Mm -hmm. and um you know, so we put out we we paid Facebook a little bit to do an ad. I think we ended up spending forty bucks. Um, we ended up with one hundred and twenty people there. Oh wow! <laughs> so that room was packed and hot, and uh, but it was fun. It was fun, and it was a great show. John directed the last show, so I got to act in it, which was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, I still got to do typewriter fairy tale, which I think you were there when I did mm-hmm. that the first. Time. Oh, so I get to sit down and type out a story, and I get to determine what all their actions are, but they get to determine to determine what they say. Mm -hmm. I get to tell them who they are. And, but I have to do it based off of things that are given to me by the audience. So it's like the story of Hansel and Gretel as they're running their auto body shop or whatever it is. Mm. And it's like, Oh, okay. So it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was very cool. And, um, you know, we wanted to stop for the summer because one, that room would be miserable. Yeah. (laughs) Because you have to block the airflow. So it's not going to get cold. And, uh, um, So we stopped for the summer, but on July 10th, we're going to do a show at the Eagle as well. Um, After Alive at Five, as a fundraiser for Florence Crittenden, and it'll just be a donation at the door. Century 21 is actually going to match the donations. Nice. And we should have our new shirts then Hmm. for sale. So we'll have merch. Nice. Like a real troupe.
1: Yay! And then when are you starting back up at Lewis and Clark?
0: Um, We'll start up again. We're going to do a big show in... Well, we have two other donation shows that we want to do. Um, one of them will be actually at the brew house downstairs because Kitty wants to do one and she's picking the charity for that. Kitty is the owner of the brew house. Excuse me. And she's picking the charity for that. And uh, we're not exactly sure when that'll be. Probably sometime mid August. Mm-hmm. Don't know for sure. And then um, after Labor Day, Probably not the the first ones after Labor Labor Day, but the second Wednesday after Labor Day, we're gonna do a show on the main stage at the brewery to kick off the season, um, and they're gonna do collections at the door for that, and that's gonna be for the YWCA. So, nice. So that'll be nice. So it'll be a big fun brouhaha. We'll be on the big screens throughout the building, so everybody can see us in all the rooms and wow. we'll be mic'd and. It'll be all sorts of schmance. Fancy. I know.
1: And then are you going to start your weekly shows again? And then not? we'll
0: start at the weekly shows after that. So that'll kick off the season, and then we'll do um, 12 shows upstairs, which gets us to the week before Thanksgiving. Nice. So and then we won't do one the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. We'll do one the eight-day Wednesday before Are you having to pay for the space? No. Um, the, the Lewis & Kirk Brewery is has been awesome. They've been very supportive of the troupe. They're going to actually do a special beer mm-hmm. for the troupe to kick it off in uh, – September, and uh, they give us the room for free because we bring in a lot of people who like to drink beer. Yeah. That sit quietly and enjoy the night. Mm-hmm. It's delightful. So it's actually been fun. Well, really
1: that's good. awesome.
0: Good. So, yeah, it's been fun. What about you? What have you got coming up for the summer? So that's pretty much, oh, yeah. And then football starts on August 31st, and I'm literally every weekend gone.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Nothing new. Nothing new. I mean, nothing new for you hmm. being gone every weekend in the fall. I know. Next Side. fall.
0: <laughs> next fall. Not the play. Right. Well, that too. But anyway. <laughs>
1: um, <clears throat> I'm traveling a lot. I, uh, I'm i here this week. I go to Atlanta all next week. And then I'm up in the Flathead. And I have to go to Bozeman at the end of the month. Um, I get to go to LA twice this summer, which I have mixed feelings about. I have to go at the end of July and at the end of August. What for? Conferences. So... I get to travel a bunch, but when I'm not traveling out of state, I'm enjoying my summer, painting, um, traveling Randomly to beautiful Montana places. Yeah, enjoying ice cream.
0: The Just Big enjoying is life.
1: Enjoying life. That's, well, that's it. nice.
0: Yeah. Cool. So, are we going to take the shows down to once every other week for the summer?
1: I think at least, yeah. Okay. Just because my schedule is the way it is. So. Okay.
0: I think that'll work out really well because that that'll give us the next one actually when the week of the show opens. And uh, hmm? the thirteenth, that we put the next one. Oh, when the week next the show week. opens. Yeah. So, which will be fine. Good. Um, which I think will actually be good for the summer. Um, starting in the fall, of course, politics kicks off again, in very interesting ways. I do want to the next time we meet. I want to talk about what's going on in New Jersey with their. Um, because it'll be more obvious as to what's happening right now. It's just you know the senator died, which sucks. He was the mm-hmm. last uh, World War II vet to serve in the Senate.
1: I know him as the Lautenberg Amendment. He has <laughs> he's worked a lot on gun control too. Right. Yeah, and we haven't even talked about, and we shouldn't talk about it now because I have to be. Um, <laughs> but Max Baucus deciding to right. retire. Right. We have so really maybe talked next about... show in terms of politics will focus on national politics. Okay.
0: I think that'll be fun. And then, um, yeah, because it'll be interesting with the New Jersey thing because everybody's wondering if Cory Booker is going to step into the race or if he's actually going to be appointed by um, Governor Chris Christie, Mm -hmm.
2: um,
0: which is entirely possible because Chris Christie seems to be uh, stepping on the very left side of that schism in the Republican Party. (laughs) Um, Plus, Bachman. Bachman. Did you see her? Retirement? Yes, yes. And we'll have to discuss so maybe, that, too. So maybe, yeah.
1: And maybe we should invite your mom sometime and she can tell us what happened at the Republican convention.
0: Well, yes, because that'll be happening this week. She's willing to give us the dirt. Well, that'll be happening this Friday, Saturday. Um, maybe we should do a show next week. Are you around? No. All right, we'll do it the week after. <laughs> we'll get the after-after story. All right. That'll work. Anything else? That's not... That's it. All right, people. Hope you had a good time. It was good to finally catch up with you again. Absolutely. I'll you back. And... Uh,